Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam salam and He established Adam's superiority over the rest of the creation by commanding the best of the creation, the angels, to prostrate to Adam. And one thing we must remember is that Adam was superior to the angels because of his knowledge. Right? What was the difference between Adam and the angels? Adam knew Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him knowledge what he did not give to the angels. But remember that Adam salam he was supposed to be Khalifa upon the earth. Isn't it? Now before Adam salam is sent to the earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him a very important lesson. And where was that lesson taught? In paradise. Okay? So, وَقُلْنَا And we said, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya Adam, O Adam, Uskun, you live, you dwell. Uskun from the root letters, Seen, Kaf, Noon. Sukna is one's home, and Sakana Yaskunu is literally to become still, to not move, and basically your home is the place where you are still in the sense that you go around, alright, everywhere, but then where do you come for rest? Where do you come for rest? Home. So Uskun, you dwell, Anta you, O Adam, was Zawjuk, and also your wife. And who was the wife of Adam? Hawa. The second human being that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. So both of you live where? Al-Jannah. In Jannah. In paradise. Okay? Now, before we continue, have you ever thought, or maybe somebody asked this question, and you've heard about it, that... You know, if Adam didn't eat from the fruit of that tree, we would all be in paradise right now. Like, why did he eat that? You know, it would have been so easy. Well, the thing is that Adam salam was created as Khalifa fil ard. He was supposed to go on earth. But before sending Adam to earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him a very important lesson that was essential for Adam's survival and success. Alright? So, Adam is told to live in paradise with his wife, Wakula, and he's told that Wakula, and both of you eat. Now Allah is addressing both Adam and Hawa. Both of you eat. Now the word Kula, this is interesting. Kula is the dual form of Kul. Kul, not Kul. Kul is you say. Kul is you eat. Okay? But Kula means both of you eat. What if I said kulu? What does kulu mean? All of you eat. Very good. So you see the alif at the end, kula, right? The alif at the end. This is a sign of dual, two. So in Arabic, you have pronouns that refer to singular. Then you have pronouns that refer to two. And then you have the pronoun for plural, which is for more than two. It's not like that in English. This is in Arabic. So, Kula, both of you eat minha from it, meaning eat in paradise. How much ragadan? In abundance. Ragadan is from the root letters ragain dal. And ragid is a person who has a comfortable life, meaning they've got everything. And aish al ragd is a life of plenty. So basically a person's got everything they could want. 
Like for example, everything that they could want, yes? Okay, the new cell phone. What else? Like who would you say that this person's got everything? You know like when you tell your parents that, you know, my sister or my brother, they've got everything. And me? What do I have? Yes? A Lamborghini. Okay. What else? Yeah? A nice home? A nice bedroom? A nice place to live? Hmm? You know when you see pictures or when you see on TV, you know, there's a person, they've got everything. And then we compare ourselves with them. And we think about what's missing in our life. And we look at them and we admire the fact that they've got everything. So whatever that everything is, this is still the dunya, right? Now imagine in Jannah, Adam a.s. is told, eat whatever you want. وَكُلَ minha رَغَدًا No restriction. Eat whatever, how much ever. Do you have restrictions over what you can eat? Yeah? If anything, if there's food at the table and you're pouring, what does your dad say or your sister say? Why are you eating everything? Why are you eating so much? Enough. Adam a.s. is told, eat whatever. No restriction. حَيْثُ Wherever شِئْتُمَا Both of you wish. Sha'a, he wished. Shi'tuma, both of you wished. Again, you see the alif at the end? What does that indicate? Both. Adam and Hawa. Adam and Hawa had complete freedom in Jannah to eat whatever they wanted. But there was just one restriction. And what was that? Wala taqraba. Do not go near. Taqraba is from qafraba. Allah is qareeb, near. Right? So taqraba, you both go near. Do not even go near hadihi shajara, this particular tree. Eat whatever you want, but just this one tree, don't even go near it. Because if you go near it, and you eat from it, what's going to happen? Fatakuna. Then both of you will be min al-zalimin, from among the wrongdoers. You will have disobeyed Allah and you will have committed a great injustice and you will harm yourselves. What do we see in this verse? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam and Allah perfected His blessings upon Adam, upon the human beings. And of those blessings is companionship also. Right? Adam was not sent to paradise alone. Because it is said that when Allah created Adam, Adam was actually lonely. There are so many angels, you know, and he's the only human being. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created another human being to be Adam's companion. And who was that? His wife, Hawa. And then both of them were sent to paradise. And in paradise they were given everything. In Surah Taha, ayah 118, we learn that, إِنَّكَ أَلَّا تَجُوعَ فِيهَا وَلَا تَعْرَى وَأَنَّكَ لَا تَظْمَأُ فِيهَا وَلَا تَضْحَى In paradise you'll have everything. You'll never feel hot. You'll never be thirsty. You'll never be hungry. You'll have everything. Complete freedom also. But only one restriction. Does that sound difficult if you think about it? You can do everything, just this one thing you can't eat. Is that difficult? Is it doable? Is it doable? It's doable, right? Now the thing is that the religion that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us to observe is also very similar. In the sense that there are many things that we are allowed to do. Many things. 
we are allowed to eat and we are allowed to drink. Many things, majority of things we can eat, we can drink. And there's only a few, a handful of restrictions. Isn't it? Like for example, which drinks are haram? Is water haram? Is juice haram? Is tea haram? Is coffee haram? Is milk haram? What is haram? Alcohol. Right? Okay. Meat. Is meat halal in general? Yes. Well, is there any meat that's not halal? Yes. A handful of things, isn't it? A handful. Just a few. When it comes to fruit, which fruit is haram? Which fruit is haram? Which vegetable is haram? Okay, but what if there's a fruit or something like that which causes a person to be like, you know, high and intoxicated or something like that? Then, then that would not be permissible, right? If something comes from a flower or something like that, you know what I'm talking about. Then okay, that would not be permissible. Okay, the point is, we make Islam very difficult in ourselves. When we go to a grocery store, we think, haram, 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 haram. Out of all of this, only this is halal and this is halal. And sometimes we make this into such a big deal that it's all that our life is about. What is halal to eat? What is haram? Whereas Islam is more than just halal and haram. There's more to our deen than just halal and haram. I'm not saying halal, haram are not important. They are important. But they're not everything that our religion is supposed to be about. Adam salam is told, Hawa is told, only one tree, just don't go near it. Everything else you have, just one. Is it practical? Is it doable? Yes. Okay. Now, do you notice something here? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them, do not go near the tree. Why? Why couldn't they just go near the tree and, you know, look at it and to study it and take a good look at it and observe it from different angles? Maybe smell the fruit of the tree. Why not? What would happen? They would be tempted. Right? This is, you know, if you go close to something, you're going to want to eat it. You're going to want to try it. Isn't that so? So the best way of avoiding haram is to what? Don't even go near it. And really if you think about it in all of paradise, when there's only one tree that's forbidden, does it make sense to go find that tree and go look at it and go close to it? Does it make sense? No. You've got so much to enjoy, worry about enjoying that. Isn't it? And this is our problem. We have so much to enjoy and use and do in our lives that we forget about that and we start worrying about, well, why is this haram? Why are we not allowed to do this? Why are we not allowed to do that? Enjoy what you can and stop worrying about what you cannot. So, وَلَا تَقْرَبَ هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَ فَتَكُونَ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ But what happened? فَأَزَلَّهُمَ الشَّيْطَانِ was shaitan happy that Adam is in paradise enjoying now? With all that freedom? No. Shaitan wanted to take revenge. So what did he do? He caused both Adam and Hawa to slip. Some people, they put the blame on Hawa. Hmm? That she ate the fruit and she told Adam. 
So women are evil. That's not the case. Okay? That's a lie. Okay? Because you see here, Allah gave the command to both of them. Right? And both of them, shaitan, caused to slip. Azalla is from the root letter zai, lam, lam. And zalal is to slip. To slip. To make a mistake. فَأَزَلَّهُمَ الشَّيْطَانُ عَنْهَا Shaytan got them both to slip. Out of it. Out of what? Out of paradise. Meaning he made them eat the fruit of the tree. How? What Iblis did is that first he went up to Adam and Hawa. We learned in Surah Al-A'raf in a lot of detail about how he made them eat the fruit. He went after them. Waswasa. He whispered to them. He suggested to them that they should try the fruit of the tree. And he assured them that they would only benefit from eating the fruit. Okay? Like for example, Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 20, and this is important for you to understand what happened here. Because shaitan uses the same tricks on us. Same tricks. Surah Al-A'raf, verse number 20. Iblis went up to Adam and Hawa and he said, مَا نَهَاكُمَا رَبُّكُمَا عَنْ هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَةِ إِلَّا أَن تَكُونَ مَلَكَيْنِ أَوْ تَكُونَ مِنَ الْخَالِدِينَ The only reason why Allah forbade you from eating the fruit of this tree is so that you don't become angels. Meaning, if you eat the fruit of this tree, you would actually become an angel. Or you would live eternally. So he lied to them, Allah forbade you from this tree because Allah doesn't want you to become an angel. Allah doesn't want you to live eternally. What is He doing? He's making them think bad about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's making them think bad about Allah. Allah doesn't want you to enjoy. Allah doesn't want you to have fun. Allah doesn't want you to live easily. And isn't that what shaitan tells us sometimes? That if there's something wrong, something that Allah has forbidden, He makes it look so good. It's like, it's so much fun to do it. Well, too bad. I can't have fun. It's so fun. It's so good to eat. It tastes so amazing. Oh well, I can't taste it. Poor me. Really poor you? You've got a million other things to eat. And you're only concerned about eating this? And then what happened is that Iblis told them, إِنِّي لَكُمَا مِنَ nasihin. I really want the best for you. So trust me. Eat the fruit of this tree. You'll become an angel. Or you will live forever. You will never die. And life will be perfect. So what happened? He didn't leave them. He kept telling them, kept telling them. Until Adam and Hawa both ate the fruit of the tree. So what happened? فَأَخْرَجَهُمَا مِمَّا كَانَ فِيهِ Iblis got them both to be expelled from whatever they were in. Where were they? In paradise. What did they have? Complete freedom. And now, they were expelled from it. They were taken out of paradise. وَقُلْنَا And we said, اِهْبِطُوا بَعْضُكُمْ لِبَعْضٍ عَدُوا اِهْبِطُوا All of you get down. هَبَطَى Habata is to come down from above. So go down. Down where? To the earth. All of you. All of you. Adam, Hawa, Iblis. Okay? 
Now, no human beings up there, no jinn up there, go down. بَعْضُكُمْ لِبَعْضٍ adu. Some of you will be enemy to others. Adu is from the root letters عَيْن دَالْ wow. What does this mean? That some of you will be enemies to others. You will be enemies of each other. This is what's gonna happen now. Iblis is an enemy to? To who? Human beings. Shaitan is an enemy to human beings. وَلَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ And for you in the earth is مُسْتَقَرٌ A place of stay. وَمَتَاعٌ And an enjoyment. إِلَاحِينَ For a time. The word مُسْتَقَرْ is from the root letters قَاف ra ra. قَرَار To stay somewhere. مُسْتَقَرْ is a place of stay. Meaning, a place where you stay just for a short amount of time. You're not staying there forever. Okay? This is what the earth is for us. It's not a place of permanent residence. It's a place of temporary stay. This is what the earth is. It's not our real home. What's our real home? It is paradise. You understand? In the earth, Adam is now sent. And he's told, this is where you're going to stay. وَمَتَاعٌ And this earth is also mata'. Meaning here you will find some enjoyment, some benefit, things to do. Matar is from the root letters mim ta'ain. Ilahin until a time. Meaning not forever, but for some time. Now, what do we see here? Do you ever wonder how come Iblis was in Jannah? How did he get there? Why was he there? Because you see, before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Adam to the earth, Allah taught Adam an important lesson. Iblis is your enemy. Recognize him as your enemy. You know, sometimes people warn you. Be careful around those individuals. You know, be careful. And you're like, no, no, I know how to deal with people. And then what happens? You get cheated. You're used. You're taken advantage of. And then you learn your lesson. Don't you? You learn your lesson. So Adam also learned his lesson through this experience. That who is really his enemy? And who is that? Iblis. Now, Iblis was allowed to go in Jannah at this time. Why? Because he was also given freedom. And we see that how he used different ways of making Adam disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when Adam disobeyed Allah, what happened? He lost the privilege that he had. Write this down. When Adam disobeyed Allah, he lost the privilege that he had. Which means that when we disobey Allah, then what is that? It's a great injustice. When we disobey Allah, that's a great injustice. How is it a great injustice? Because firstly, Allah doesn't deserve to be disobeyed. Does it make sense that out of everything that's available in paradise, Adam is eating the fruit of that tree? Does that make sense? Is that correct? Is that correct? You know, for example, if he was starving, there was nothing else. Okay. But when Allah has given so many options, and you're going towards the wrong option, not even an option actually, what is forbidden? Is that correct? No. So this is how, firstly, it's an injustice. Allah deserves to be obeyed, not disobeyed. Secondly, when we disobey Allah, it's an injustice. How? Against ourselves. We harm ourselves. Because look what happened to Adam a.s. He was in paradise. Everything he had. When he disobeyed Allah, 
he lost what he had. Right? He lost what he had. And this happens in our lives also. Always remember, sins have consequences. You might not see them right away, but they will come. They will come. You know, this is similar to if you're in school and your teacher gives you a homework assignment and you don't do it. Then you get another assignment, you don't do it. Then there is a test and you don't show up. And then for the final exam, you go, you write your exam, but then you get a super bad mark or you fail. Well, how did you fail? Why? Because remember that assignment you missed and remember that project you didn't do and remember that test you didn't show up for? Well, you see the result of that. And you know that if in your high school you don't get a certain mark, then can you apply to all programs at any university? No. If you don't do your chemistry and your physics and your math and your English right, if you don't do it, then what's going to happen? Can you apply just anywhere? No. It follows you the rest of your life. Doesn't it? It doesn't leave you for the rest of your life. Just like that, sins have consequences. Adam salam disobeyed Allah with respect to just one thing. He just ate the fruit of the forbidden tree. And what happened? He lost the paradise that he was in. Now, you see, Iblis made a mistake earlier, didn't he? What was that mistake? When he refused to prostrate to Adam. What did Iblis do? What did he do? He became stubborn on it, right? Now we see Adam salam is also making a mistake. What does Adam do? فَتَلَقَّى آدَمُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ كَلِمَاتِ فَتَلَقَّى So he received. Talaqqa is from the root letters Lam Qafya. Lam Qafya. Talaqi is to receive something. Laqiya to meet, talaqi to receive. So Adam received Mirabbihi from his Lord Kalimatin, some words. Meaning, Allah taught Adam some words to say. What words? Words to apologize with. Words to apologize with. You know, this is similar to how if somebody you know has messed up, you go tell them, you know what, you need to go apologize. And they ask you, what do I say? How do I apologize? So you tell them, well, you should say this, and you should say that. And sometimes you say, just say sorry. Simple. Isn't it? So Adam a.s. Allah taught him how to apologize. Kalimat, words. What were those words? Adam and Hawa both said, رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا Our Lord, we have wronged ourselves. وَإِن لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا And if you don't forgive us and have mercy on us, لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ We're going to be, لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ We're going to be of the losers. What do we see here? Firstly, Adam salam is confessing, he's admitting. I messed up. I shouldn't have done it. I did something wrong. You see? What's the first thing Adam salam is doing? He is admitting. And that is what we need to do also. If we've made a mistake, it's okay. It's human to make a mistake. 
if our father made a mistake, then we will too. You know like if you do something wrong, you tell your parents, well, didn't you do that when you were a kid? Right? And they tell you, yeah, yeah, I did. I did something much worse than you. Like see, if you did it, what do you expect from me? So if Adam made a mistake, will we make mistakes? Yes, we will. Because we're not perfect. We're not expected to be angels. But we have two ways in front of us. Either we can do what Shaitan did, become stubborn and arrogant, and mess up even more, or we fix things. How do we fix things? First step, admit your mistake. Write this down. فَتَلَقَّى آدَمُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ كَلِمَاتِ These words, what do they teach us? First step, admit your mistake. And then secondly, وَإِن لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا Ask Allah for forgiveness. Simple. This is how you patch up. This is how you fix things. So, فَتَلَقَّى آدَمُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ كَلِمَاتٍ What happened? فَتَابَ عَلَيْهِ So Allah accepted his repentance. Allah accepted the repentance of Adam. Why? Because, إِنَّهُ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ Indeed, it is He. Allah is the one who accepts repentance, but He is التَّوَّاب. You know what التَّوَّاب means? The one who accepts repentance again and again and again. التَّوَّاب is from the root letters, تَوَّابَ And tawab is you know like غفار. What does غفار mean? The one who forgives again and again and again. Tawab accepts repentance from his servants repeatedly. Has it ever happened that somebody says sorry to you for a mistake that they've made once, twice, three times? And then if they come to you again, what do you say? Please don't say anything. I don't want to hear you. Please just leave me. I need some space. Please just go. We have a limited capacity to forgive. Isn't it? We can only forgive a few number of times. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is at-tawwab. Which means that no matter what you have done, no matter what mistake you've made, no matter how serious it is, how terrible it is, it's never too big for Allah to forgive. Always remember that. You can always turn back. Because Allah is at-tawwab. Now can you imagine, Adam salam is in Jannah. Allah told him so clearly, don't even go near this tree. Well, Adam didn't just go near that tree. He actually ate of the fruit of the tree. And then he didn't just hide somewhere in paradise. He was expelled from paradise. Can you imagine? How embarrassed Adam would be at this time? How sad he would be at this time? فَتَلَقَّى آدَمُ مِن رَبِّهِ كَلِمَاتٍ فَتَابَ عَلَيْهِ إِنَّهُ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ He is forgiving and merciful. He is accepting of repentance and He is merciful. قُلْنَا We said, اِهْبِطُوا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that اِهْبِطُوا All of you get down. هَبَاطَ Get down. Minha from it, meaning from paradise. Jami'an, altogether, meaning no human beings here and no jinn here. Go to the earth. And now Adam is sent to the earth. And then he's told, فَإِمَّا Then whenever, يَأْتِيَنَّكُمْ It comes to you. Hamzataya is the root. 
whenever there comes to you, what comes to you? Minni from me, meaning from Allah. Huda, guidance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is promising. I will send guidance. Whenever guidance comes in the form of a scripture, in the form of a prophet, then فَمَن تَبِعَ هُدَايَ Whoever follows my guidance. تَبِعَ تَبَعَيْنَ is the root. Whoever will follow my guidance, the scripture, the book, the messenger, whoever will obey Allah, then what will happen? فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ They will have no fear, nor will they grieve. What does that mean? They'll be fine. If you think about it, what causes us fear? What brings us fear? Have you ever felt afraid? Okay, let me ask you a question. When you come in the morning in your groups and you're sitting and the group in charge looks at you, your turn. Hmm? And you open up your mushaf and you try to do the translation and then that question comes, did you do your lesson? And you're like, um, yeah, I did. How many times? I don't remember. Open up your book. I want to see your tracker. And your tracker is blank. Hmm? While your group in charge is asking you those questions, are you nervous? Yeah? Don't you come with that fear? I hope nobody will ask me. I hope she doesn't ask me to translate. I hope she doesn't ask me about the homework. When do you have fear? When you've done something wrong. And you're afraid that you're going to get caught. You're afraid that you're going to get into trouble. Then you're afraid. Grief, sadness. Why do you feel sad? When you suffer because of what you've done. Isn't it? Like for example, your dad gives you like 50 warnings. You better do this. You better do this. You better do this. And you don't do it. Then what happens? He just comes and takes your phone away. And now that your phone is gone, do you feel sad? You're missing your phone? Yes. So this is the reality. Sins, when we disobey Allah then we become afraid or we feel sad. Khawf is fear. From the root letters, khawafa. And yahzanun from huzn. Ha-zaynun. Grief. And fear and sadness. Both of these feelings are terrible. Aren't they? How are they terrible? How is fear terrible? Because it doesn't let you relax. It doesn't let you enjoy. Isn't it? When you're afraid, you can't relax. You can't enjoy. And when you're sad, again, can you enjoy? Can you be at peace? No. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? How can a person be safe from fear and grief? What's the solution? Look at the verse and tell me the answer. How can a person be saved from fear and grief? How? فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ Following Allah's guidance. Now, does that mean you'll become perfect? Like for example, if you start following the Qur'an, you'll become perfect and you'll never make a mistake, so you'll never be sad and you'll never be afraid? No. You won't be perfect. But you will always have a way of returning to Allah. And when you will keep turning to Allah, keep turning back to Him, then you won't stay in fear and grief. You know, for example, if somebody is upset with you and they're not even answering your calls, 
They're not even responding to your messages. How does that feel? They're so upset with you, they don't even look at you. Has it ever happened that your parents are so upset with you, they don't even look at you. They don't even ask you how you're doing. You feel like you can't even apologize because you feel rejected. You don't feel welcome. And even if you want to apologize, you don't have the confidence to because you know you're going to be treated so harshly. But no matter what you've done, can you always turn back to Allah? Can you? Yes. So every time you make a mistake and you turn back to Allah, this will pull you out of fear and grief. And those who keep turning back to Allah and who follow the guidance that Allah has sent, then where will they be? Where will they be? In paradise. And in paradise, there is no fear and no grief. فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ But on the other hand, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Those who follow the way of shaitan, so they deny. كَفَرُوا from كَفَرَ And كَذَّبُوا They belie. What is كَذَّبُوا? كَفْ ذَالْبَ كَذِبْ What does كَذِبْ mean? كَذِبْ is a lie. But كَذَّبَ is to call something a lie. Okay? Meaning to reject it, saying, oh, this is not true, I, I don't accept it. So, كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا They reject our verses. Which verses? The verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed. And ayat is a plural of ayah. So they deny and they reject our ayat, meaning they refuse to follow the guidance that Allah has sent. They go on the way of shaitan. Then, what's going to happen? أُولَٰئِكَ those أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ They are the inmates of hell. هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ Where they shall abide forever. خَالِدُونَ is a plural of خَالِد. And خَالِد is who? One who lives forever. خَا لَامْ دَال is the root. So what do we see then? There are two types of creation. Two types. There are the أَهْلُ sa'ada, The people who will be successful. And then there are the Ahlus Shaqawa, those who will be failures. Who are the successful? Those who turn back to Allah, follow the guidance that Allah has sent, then they'll have no fear, no grief. And who's the other group? Those who ignore, reject, and oppose what Allah has revealed, and then they end up in complete misery and failure. We're going to listen to the recitation of these verses now. And then I'm going to give you some time to ask questions that you may have. وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةٌ قَالُوا أَتَجَعَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُ فِيهَا وَيَسْفِكُ الدِّمَاءَ وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ قَالَ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا ثُمَّ عَرَضَهُمْ عَلَى الْمَلَائِكَةِ فَقَالَ أَنْبِئُونِي فَقَالَ أَنْبِئُونِي بِأَسْمَائِهَا صادقين. قالوا 
So you see here, the angels, they prostrated to Adam when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded them to do that. And angels are friends of righteous servants. Iblis refused to prostrate to Adam. And what happened? Iblis became a friend or an enemy? An enemy. Do angels have respect for righteous human beings? Do they? Yes. We see that at that time, they prostrated to Adam. And now even, angels have immense respect for the righteous servants of Allah. How much respect do they have? What do they do? When they see a person going to seek knowledge, what do the angels do? They lower their wings. If they're up in the sky, they come down. And you know there's a hadith. I love this hadith. And I want to tell you that because every day you also leave your house and as you're leaving your house, you should think about it. The Prophet ﷺ said that there is no person who goes out of his house except that there are 
two flags at his door. Of course, this is from the ghayb. We don't see it. One in the hand of an angel and the other in the hand of a devil, of a shaitan. If a person goes out in the way of what Allah loves, meaning he's going out of his house to do something that Allah likes, then the angel follows him with the flag. And the angel is with him until the person returns to his house. He accompanies him the whole time. Because that person went out of his house. Why? To do something for Allah. And if a person goes out of his house to do something that displeases Allah, then who do you think follows him? The shaitan. His enemy follows him. Can you imagine your enemy, your greatest enemy is following you? And he remains with him until he returns to his house. We have friends and then we also have clear enemies. And these friends, the Prophet ﷺ said, that indeed for the masjid, meaning in the masjid, there are pegs, meaning just like a tent is held by pegs, likewise there are people who regularly attend the masjid, who keep the masjid alive. The angels are their companions. So when one of them is missing, so if a person didn't come to the masjid once, then what happens? The angels look for them. Just like you would look for your missing friend, the angels look for that person. Where is that person? How come they're not here today? They're always here. And if they're ill, they go to visit them. If they're ill, they go to visit them. So the choice is ours. Do we want to befriend angels or our enemies? And there is a clear difference, huge difference. Any question you have about the verses? Any question? Now is your time. Yes. Of course, it includes the hypocrites because they're not sincere in what they're doing. Because what was Iblis's problem also? Hypocrisy. Because you see, on the outward he was very righteous, but on the inside he was very arrogant. And when Allah commanded him to prostrate to Adam, what happened? What was inside was exposed. Go ahead. Okay, how do you deal with feelings of jealousy or insecurities or competitiveness, it's okay to compete. There's nothing wrong with that. You should aim high and you should try to do the best that you can. And yes, you take motivation from the people around you, right? But the point is that at the end of the day, if somebody has been given something that you don't have, it doesn't mean that you start hating them. You understand? The problem with Iblis here is that he began hating Adam. Was it Adam's fault? Was it Adam's fault? No. So just like that, if somebody has something that we don't have and we start hating them, we start disliking them, we start harming them, then this is problematic. Alright? And then we see that this is problematic. Why? Because you have a problem with Allah's decision. You understand? So how do you deal with this? You deal with this by reminding yourself Allah knows best. Right? Allah knows best. Allah made Adam... He gave him what he wanted, but Allah also made Iblis and gave Iblis something also. So first of all, remind yourself that Allah knows best. This is His decision and He knows best. Secondly, look for and appreciate the blessings that Allah has given you 
instead of worrying about what Allah has given to other people. And when you start counting your blessings, when you start thinking about what Allah has given you, then you will never feel jealous. We feel jealous, we feel unhappy when we're comparing ourselves to others. You know who you should compare yourself to? You know who? Who should you compare yourself to? Compare yourself with only yourself. Don't measure yourself compared to other people. Okay? Yes, in terms of righteous action, you see those who are ahead of you. And compared to worldly possessions, you look at those who have less than you. But when it comes to the blessings that Allah has given to you, you don't need to compare yourself with anybody else. Oh, look what she has, look what he has, look at how tall he is, look at how this he is. No, look at you, yourself, and yourself alone. Be happy with who you are. Very important point, mashallah. We learn about so many names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an, right? Like for example, in today's lesson, which names of Allah did we learn about? At-Tawwab Ar-Rahim, right? What does At-Tawwab mean? That He accepts the repentance of His servants again and again. Rahim, He is merciful. That even when they make a mistake and they turn to Him, He forgives them. He accepts them, He welcomes them, He forgives them. So, what should we do? That if someone is apologizing to us, should we also accept their apologies? Yeah? Should we also show compassion to others when they mess up? Yes. So these are also things that we need to think about inshallah. Okay, Iblis, was he sent to hellfire right away? No, Iblis is actually alive today. He's actually alive today. Because what happened is that Iblis requested Allah. He made a request. Imagine, he had the confidence, he had the audacity, he had the courage to make a request after he had refused to obey Allah. Okay? And what was that request? Iblis said, please allow me to live until the day of judgment. Isn't that a big request? Isn't that a big request? What happened? You know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said? He fulfilled his request. So Iblis is actually alive right now. Okay? The point I want you to understand is, sometimes, you know, we think that, oh, I have made this mistake, I missed my salah yesterday, and even today, and it's been a whole week, I haven't prayed properly. There's no point if I make dua. Why should I ask Allah? No, you can always ask Allah. You should always ask Allah. Because hey, if Iblis did, then you have more right to ask Allah. And you know what? No matter what request you make, it's not too big. Did Iblis make such a huge request? Yes. Did Allah grant that to him? Yes. You're not worse than Iblis, are you? You're No matter what you've done, are you worse than Iblis? No, you're not. So can you ask Allah also? Can you? Certainly you can. You know, if you think about it, Iblis came after Adam salam when Adam salam was where? Where was he? In Jannah. So is Iblis going to come after us when we are in this world? Yes. Do we have to be careful about Iblis's whispers and his attacks and his false promises? Yes. Because if we're not, are there going to be consequences? Yes. 
What's the difference between Iblis and Shaitan? Okay, what's the difference between Adam and human beings? What is the difference? Adam السلام, is one of the human beings, isn't he? So Iblis is also one of the Shayateen. Okay? Alright. Um, I have some homework for you. Come on, we didn't start the next lesson, so technically you don't have to learn the translation, but I have another lesson for you. Yeah, look at your eyes, wow. Okay, your homework is, write it down please. Number one, you have to write the dua that Adam السلام, made. Which dua is it? رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِن لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ If you want the reference, it's Surah Al-A'raf, MashaAllah, ayah number 23. Okay? So you have to write down this dua, and inshallah you have to bring it next week. It is on page 57 in your book, right? But you have to write it down yourself, not in your book, on a different piece of paper. Okay? And you're also going to complete your quizzes if you haven't completed them yet. I have heard that some students are not doing their quizzes. You have to do your quizzes. Because remember what we learned today? You miss one test here, one homework there, and what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You're going to see the result. Okay. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.